Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're with Andy Mason, and this is authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. And this last week, I had one of my friends text me, and he said this. Uh, now, this is someone I know and trust I'm walking with, and so to get a text like this in kind of a midweek was kind of random, but he just said, hey, Andy, how do you personally know that God is real, not theology, not philosophy, not trying to convince others, but how do you know for yourself? So I recorded a quick voice memo, shot that through to him, and then I've been thinking about it all week long. So I figured I'm going to share the story with you. How do I personally know God is real? How has he become real to me? How do I know that it's God? And how do I know that I'm not just on some random goose chase, some wild journey that is not proving true? Great questions, especially in the middle of all that's going on today. So I'm going to tell you my story. Here's what I know that I know that I know to be true about me. So what we're going to give you is a little bit of context of how I grew up. Uh, some of the walk and the pivotal moments. And then obviously, if you listen back over some of the podcasts, particularly how we shrewd God and moved from the West Coast to the East Coast of the USA 12 months ago, that whole journey just feeds into some of what I'm going to share with you right now. So number one is, uh, I thought I did. I, I thought I knew God growing up and my parents became followers of Jesus. And I would say authentic followers of Jesus, not just punch card, attend a church, because that's what you've always done. It wasn't part of their tradition. So when my brother was getting a little bit older, like we're talking maybe three, four years old, I'm just an infant, so I'm sure it wasn't about me. My parents desperately helped or wanted some help in parenting. How do you know how to parent two wild boys? And so the local church was offering parenting classes. They went there, they did that, and it worked. It's amazing that. There is train up the way, train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. There is something about discipline and intentionally walking with your kids. Well, it worked. And so they became followers of Jesus. And obviously, we then got incorporated into that system, that structure, that tradition. So that looked like uh, daily scripture reading around the table, that None of us liked, but it was what dad did. And so we're going to do it because that's what's happening in our house. But then there were some amazing things, uh, weekly church services, Friday night youth. And I remember because of that environment that we grew up, a dad heard the voice of God, sold his business, and mum and dad took us from this small, tiny town fielding New Zealand up to Auckland, where mom and dad did Bible college. So there was times there where, as a family, we had no food. The business that dad sold, sold it to the employees. The employees make some really dumb decisions. And so they went bankrupt, which cancels this the payments that we were getting from them. So we had, up there, we had no money. So as a family, we sat in the living area and prayed. And I would have been maybe middle school or younger age, around that. I remember sitting as a family praying for provision that God would provide. And I distinctly remember a knock on the door and there's a woman, nobody knew about our situation. A woman had dropped off a trash bag, like those old paper bags. It's like, you know, it's this high and it's full of 
cornflakes and well i don't remember anything else i just remember cornflakes i remember for approximately oh, a number of weeks mum would all we had in the house was potatoes and eggs and she would make multiple different ways of doing that what's the point we walked through these times where we knew lack we knew prayer and we knew god providing now a piece that that gave me is that god would always provide but then there were some things like maintenance as opposed to more than enough. That's a separate story. That's what God has led me into. But here's the key is hearing and seeing and growing up in a community and a family around that supports and shapes you into what you are. So I knew that in the summer or in the vacation or holiday times, I did a number of different uh, Christian Bible camp or Christian Bible crusade camps. One was in Raglan, shout out to you. Another one was in Waikanae, El Rancho. And I remember going to those. I remember going to the, the invited out the back where people can get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Or when I was 13 at church, I got baptized in water. Those were some significant moments, but there was something on the inside of me that didn't want to just show up at camp. But I wanted to read the scriptures. So I did these Bible studies in between camps where I don't know why. Like I look back and think, man, that was bizarre. Why a young kid would actually want to do those things for a prize. Like you get like a Bible dictionary for completing it. But there was something in me that wanted to do that. And so I grew up in that sheltered environment where alcohol wasn't a normal part of our family. Uh, we didn't have a TV. I'd go to the neighbors to watch TV. We'd borrow one from our grandparents when we wanted to watch the Olympics. I played sport. We're academically sharp. Uh, Dad was an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur. Mum's incredible hospitality. And so we'd always have people in and through our home. And I got to have all of these wonderful mentors all around me that were authentic followers of Jesus. By authentic, I mean they didn't say one thing and live something different the next day, but actually their whole life was devoted to following the way of Jesus, which none of us are perfect at. It's a journey, but that's what I grew up in. So I would say at that point, I had a solid grounding or knowledge of God, of scripture. Uh, I could sing. I'd play guitar. Well, actually, I play guitar behind the drummer in church, kind of insecure and scared slightly different now, but that was how I grew up. Well, at that point, I was a junior in high school, so I'm talking about 17 years old, and I leave school before my senior year because I wanted to become a shepherd, horse, dogs, and I get accepted onto a two-year program, which is a 12,000-acre farm or ranch in New Zealand. It's called Smedley Station. You can actually look it up online, and I was there for two years. The first year, uh, you are a junior, second year, you're a senior, and you are partnered with another individual for that year. And the second year, you've obviously got a junior that works with you and you train them. So it's a an environment where it's primarily hands-on practical training. And then it's also some academic uh, correspondence on growing in understanding of agriculture. So they're training the future of New Zealand in shepherds, uh, in agricultural workers, managers, employers, and so on. So I get accepted, come from that environment, and sit down, and uh, there's 20 young men, and you can just thread the needle here. Basically, they are, uh, how would I describe this? 
17, 18, 19-year-old young men from primarily rural or agricultural backgrounds where the primary currency was rugby, beer, boobs, and butts. That was pretty much the core structure of content. Uh, porn magazines were part of the monthly ingestion, uh, porn on TV. That was part of the environment. Uh, smoking was a part of the environment. And I'm living in this environment. And I'm the one guy that they're kind of surprised at because, like, you're a devoted religious person. Why would you do that? Why would you have your Bible? Uh, why would you have your Michael W. Smith and Steve Grace cassette tapes? Here's this guy, Michael W. Smith, singing songs about another man. Is he gay? Are, are you a virgin? Well, you must be gay. Like that's that whole thinking and mindset and mentality in the 1990s in New Zealand, which was hilarious now, but at the time it was it was intimidating. It was confronting. And they asked me the question, why do you believe what you believe? And at the time, all I could answer was, well, because the Bible says, you know, why won't you get drunk? Well, because the Bible talks about that. Why, why won't you have sex before marriage? Well, because the Bible talks about that. Or drugs, alcohol, so on, on and on and on. And that forced me to get to the point of, wow, I have grown up in an environment that was incredibly encouraging, incredibly safe, I obviously has some challenges, but it was so supportive in my walk with God and my depth. Now, for the first time, I'm being shaken. and I've got no safe zone to go to because I'm living in this environment. It's where I'm growing, I'm working, I'm studying, I'm learning. And it's all the time. So what happened? Well, I started to ask the question, God, if you're for real, I want to know you more. I have a knowledge of you, but I need this knowledge to go deeper for what I am facing right now. I need to know more of you and your ways. Now, a couple of things surrounding that. I'd been listening to Robert Slead and cassette tapes on God's generals. You can get the book today. And I read these stories about Peter Cartwright, who in the early days of the United States would travel around and he had a Bible in one hand and a gun on the other and he knew how to use both. Of Charles Finney, of John Wesley, of all these famous people throughout history that knew God. And I was like, wow, God, what's the difference between them and me? Well, they prayed. So I started to pray. Now that looked like uh, Jesus, as I go to sleep, I ask you to protect my mind, soul, spirit and body. Uh, and help me tomorrow. That, that was pretty much as much as it looked like, but it was a start. And then I was armed my, with my Bible, uh, a guitar, play guitar and sing. And so I'd be out riding my horse and I'd get these songs that would come to mind. I'd write them down. They'd be encouraging and inspiring. I'd be sitting in my, my room and on my bed with my guitar and I'd feel a warmth go down the back of my neck as I was singing and worshiping. And I'd feel what I now know, that's the presence of God. I'd read scriptures and they'd jump out to me like Psalm 57. It says, my enemies lay traps for me and fall on them themselves. And I literally got to see some of these things play out before me. Uh, there was a time where uh, some of the other guys were setting up a trap to grab me and then put me down the, the sump. Now, the sump is at the bottom of the cow shed where you wash down the effluent. And that would just, it's, it's going to be fun. You know, it's not going to hurt me, but obviously it's not going to smell nice. 
And so what happened is I'm walking down to the cow shed where all these guys have been washing vehicles and so on. And there was something on the inside of me that just knew what was going on. How did I know? I don't know. Other than my enemy has laid a trap for me. They're looking to make fun of me and God gives me the escape or the way out. So as these guys were coming up hidden behind the trailer of the tractor, I just knew and I turn around and I'm the fastest guy there. Like I'm the winger on the rugby team. And I just, it was just so funny to be time after time, these, these things would get set up and get turned around. Uh, there was another time when uh, the guys all come down, I'm down in my room and they said, come down, we're watching The Man from Snowy River. It's a movie theory, like movie from way back. And I come down to the dorm room, they're all watching and uh, it's, a, it's a TV show, but they've got a video cassette in the background. And so once I get sit down, there's a guy shuts the door behind me. I'm thinking, that's weird. And then they push play on a video and suddenly it goes full on into some porn scene that they want me to be a part of with them watching. And I'm just, so I get up, turn around, walk out, see someone is standing in front of the door. And I'm like, well, what do I do? And then I look around and the doors, the doors closed. You can't get out. There's no other door, but there's these windows that go up. And literally one of the windows is wide open. So I just literally walk over and jump out the window and then walk off laughing, thinking this is hilarious. But what was the point? Something inside me shifted from this knowledge of God up here, a book of red, uh, intellectual knowledge to experiential knowledge that I may know him. And it became real. I'd, in our out weekends, when we get out, I'd go to his church. Yeah, actually, it was Pastor Mike Connell in Hastings, New Zealand. Church is still there. And I remember waiting till last minute to better go back into the onto the farm and just feeling the presence of God, people praying, starting to see this. I'm not alone. There's others all around that are pursuing an authentic walk with God. And just by the way, the end of that first year, I win the top prize and the guy that had been giving me the hardest time all year long comes up to me after he's had a few beers and says, Andy, I admire you for standing up for what you believe in and don't take any shit from those guys next year. What's the point? Something shifted in me and it was a gift. This invitation to know God more. I went from there to university and just continue to grow. I would say grow in the favor of God and in the favor of man, of listening, of being a part of a tiny church, of getting to do things, being a part of other wonderful things, but growing day by day in my walk with God. And then since then, uh, Psalm 61 says, you have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Literally the leaders, the mentors, but making decision after decision after decision of continuing to walk in his ways. I'm seeing him escapes from death uh, where I was riding a bicycle and is hit by a car from behind at like 100 kilometers an hour, 60 miles an hour, open road, and literally just went straight up and landed straight down. No damage to me other than scraped hands. And yet the, the car had more than, oh, it was an insurance claim. So beyond that crazy damage to the car, it, time and time again, these things that would happen that God would protect, protect me. He would lead me. He would guide me. The story of hearing his voice of coming to the East Coast, of seeing his provision 
in finances, of seeing, being able to pray for people and seeing them get healed, I can now stand before you and say, I know God is real. I've felt his presence. I've seen his ways. I've seen him do things that I just cannot explain. And I am here today because of his kindness and his goodness. He is real and I, he is becoming even more real to me on a day-by-day -day basis. So what about you? Are you living a life where you know that God is real? Mate, send us your testimony. Send us your stories. But perhaps you're watching this and you're like, I'm not even sure if he's real or not. Well, I invite you to ask the question just as I did. God, if you're for real, I want to know you. Or just jump right in and just pray with me. And just tell them something like this. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. What separated me from you. Today, I turn to you. I confess all of my efforts are not enough. I have sinned and fallen short of your best plan for my life. Father, forgive me. Jesus, come and be my Lord and Savior. Lead me and guide me. Holy Spirit, come and baptize me with your love. Fill me. Teach me. Lead me in the path of truth. And I commit to seek your kingdom first and your righteousness with all I am as you lead and guide me into truth. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that for the first time, don't hesitate to reach out to us, andy at heavenandbusiness.com. If you want to grow in your walk with God, your identity, your assignment, growing in culture and growing in influence, jump onto heavenandbusiness.com backslash free dash trial and grow with us. And let's see more of the knowledge, the experiential understanding of the goodness of God, of his glory, fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. That's total, complete, and lacking nothing. His love, his power, his presence. Have a great week.